to the word of our God. It's from first from Proverbs chapter 28. Notice especially the encouragement to confess. And, and why do we confess? Because of the mercy that God promises to give. Proverbs chapter 28. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Like a roaring lion or a charging bear is a wicked ruler over a poor people. A ruler who lacks understanding is a cruel oppressor, but he who hates unjust gain will prolong his days. If one is burdened with the blood of another, he will be a fugitive until death. Let no one help him. This is the word of our God. When you read that last verse chapter of Proverbs, there's something scary about that. This, this warning, you've sinned, let no one help them. And yet, where does, that, where does that last line leave us? Begging for mercy. And that's what you see in Luke chapter 18. It's, it's a man who has nothing left clinging to Jesus, crying out. with. No, that's why the front of the service folder is, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Lord have mercy, because what do we have left except mercy, a cry for mercy that God would be merciful to us. Please stand, because this is the gospel, the works of our Savior Jesus from Luke chapter 18. As Jesus drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front of him rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord. Let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. On on a night like tonight, New Year's Eve, there are a lot of different themes that we could talk about. New Year's Eve is one of those days of the church year that's not really a day of the church year. <laughs> it's something that we've done as Americans. We've, we've captured this day, and I think there's good reasons for it. I'm not at all speaking against it. But what that means is, I'm going to come down here. What that means is there's a lot of different things that we might talk about on a night like tonight. We could do a night of thanksgiving where we look back, a year in review, if you will, look back at all the things that our God has done for us. 
We, we could dream and look ahead at, at the hopes and the dreams. We could, we could lean into the promises of God, sit on the edge of our seat, and with Christian hope, look forward to what God might do. Live in the perhaps, if you will. We don't know what God will do, but we know who He is and what He desires for us. We, we could spend our time thinking about how do we make plans? We could look into Proverbs and say, how do we plan for our days and our times? There's, I think you could probably make your own list too. There are a lot of things that we could talk about tonight. But the one thing that we will briefly talk about, and I promise to be brief, is confession and absolution. And there are a lot of different reasons for it, but I'll leave that for the rest of my devotion, my med- our meditation tonight. But I want to briefly talk about it in three different ways. I want to talk about it practically. I want to talk about it theologically. And I want to offer an invitation. First, practically. Confession and absolution, in my opinion, is one of those parts of our worship service that is kind of non-negotiable. It's kind of one of those parts of the way and the reason that we gather or in God's house. It's, it's one of those things that we need every day. I'll say it this way. Confession is good for the soul and absolution is better for it. But confession absolution is not just that. That's the theology of it. It's good for the soul. It, absolution is better for it. There's also something very practical about it. Not only are we actually confessing our sins in being forgiven for them in the service as we do this thing called confession and absolution, but we're also practicing. We're also learning how to confess our sins. For, for when you run into this with your brother or sister in Christ, when sin weighs heavy on your heart, what have you learned to do in church? You've learned how to confess, and you've learned how to forgive. In that little part of the service that becomes very rote after a while, we've learned something. And tonight we're, we're going to learn something too. Let me be intensely practical and tell you what we're going to do. In a little bit, we're during, in this part of the service, we're, we're going to, as a group, we're going to confess our sins. It's going to be very much like we've always done, like we always do do it in our worship services, where together we'll, we'll, tonight we're going to sit, we'll confess our sins together. We'll take a little bit of extra time tonight and quietly in our own hearts confess our sins to our God, the sins that are heavy on our hearts. And then we'll do something that we don't normally do. Maybe it's because of time constraints or maybe because it's a little bit more uncomfortable. And I tell you, it might be a little uncomfortable for you, then you'll be invited to come to the front for individual absolution, for individual forgiveness. And I say invited because I in no way want you to feel pressured to come. There will be no ushers. There will be no directions. In fact, if you choose not to come, just sit in your pew and quietly pray. Open up to Psalm 103. Open up to Psalm 51 and and meditate on the forgiveness of God. And I promise I'll forgive the whole group too. But I do want to invite you to come. That's the practical side of this. But why is it that I say that confession is good for the soul? In in fact, I don't think I'm the only one who says it. Why do we say that? Well, I think you know from your own experience what happens when you don't. 
I, I think you know from experience what happens when you let a sin sit in your heart, when you, when you don't confess it, when you hide it away, when you tuck it away and pretend it doesn't exist. David would tell you. Look at the Psalms of David. So many of them talk about his experience. What happened to me? What was it like for me when I didn't confess my sin to the Lord? He says, your, God, your hand was heavy on me like, like heat in the, in the hottest part of the summer. It was like an elephant sitting on my chest. Every time he saw her or him or heard a noise, it made him think about what he did. He said his bones wasted away within him through my groaning all day long. He, he couldn't eat. He couldn't sleep. He was, going to, he was wasting away. And maybe this mere mention of confessing sins or unconfessed sins has made you think to yourself about things you've done that maybe you haven't confessed. Or maybe things that you have done that you still carry the weight of. See, confession is good for the soul. And it's good because it kind of it brings our sin out into the open so that we don't suffer these physical, emotional, mental things. But why is it that we suffer that? Guilt. When you have sinned, you owe somebody something. And the bigger that somebody is, the more you owe them. And if that somebody happens to be God, and every sin owes God something, the guilt is heavy. And it sits on you like an elephant on your chest. And it's not just guilt, it's also shame. Because you know that you're not acting the way that you're supposed to act. You're not the person that you're supposed to be, that God calls you to be, and so there's embarrassment. The word we use in the scriptures is shame. We're ashamed. And shame makes us shrivel up, curl up, and hide. It's why some people don't want to come to church when they've done something. Because they think that everybody will know, and even if they don't, they think everybody does. It's why we don't want to come, because we don't think we should come before God, because we're ashamed. That's why that sits on our chest. That's why we wither away, like, in, like David, in the heat of summer. It's not just that, though. Why else is it good for us to confess? Because the longer we hold on to our sin, the harder we become toward it. Ever notice that? How when you've hidden a sin away in your heart, you almost become numb to it? Like it's not that big a deal. And every once in a while you'll, hear the, you'll feel this wave of something through your heart like, oh no. Right? We confess our sin to, so that it has no more grip on us. But I've been saying all along that, absolution, that confession is good for the soul, but absolution is great for it. Our Lutheran fathers have said that we got to keep confession for the sake of the absolution, which is the chief and most important part. See, what good is confessing our sin if it's still sitting there? It's a little bit like, pardon the image, it's a little bit like throwing up and leaving it on the floor. It's a little bit like, sorry, I'll stop. See, what good is confession if it just sits there, stinky in a bag, spread out on the floor? 
Sin has to be dealt with, and that's the absolution. Let me explain to you what God does in the absolution. Let, let me explain to you what God does through the power of His Word. He takes our guilt away. When, when the pastor or anyone, any other Christian says to you, in Jesus' name, I forgive you, your guilt is taken away. The, the work of Jesus comes to, to full bear through that proclamation, through that gospel preaching. Your guilt is gone. And it's not just that. Not only is your guilt removed, but your shame is covered. In the very moment that God's forgiveness is proclaimed to you, you are robed like Adam and Eve were in the garden. Remember that? They were ashamed because of their hits. They were naked, so they hid. And what did God do for them? He fashioned clothes for them to cover up their shame. And our Savior Jesus has fashioned far better clothes for us, a robe of righteousness we get to wear all the days of our life. And so in this absolution that we proclaim to you, God removes guilt and gives the glory, the righteousness of Jesus for you to wear and then for you to go with as your clothes into the rest of your life. That's why we end this year by confessing our sins and being forgiven for them because confession is good for the soul, but absolution is great for it. So let me offer an invitation. It's, it's an invitation. Nothing more, nothing less. I don't want you to feel in any way pressured to, to respond to my invitation. But if you'll hear me, please come and hear for yourself. I'll do my best to speak your name. Just as Jesus spoke, not now. <laughs> that was perfect, though. In a little bit. We got to... Sorry. Julie's first. I'm glad you're not ashamed. <laughs> come. And if you choose not to come... Look up Psalm 103. Look up Psalm 51. Read them. And don't worry about what everybody else is doing. That's maybe one of the reasons we don't do this often because you kind of do this mind game like, oh, should I go, should I not? If you're going to stay or even if you're going to go, let it be about you and your Savior and what He gives to you through this forgiveness of sins. And I'll offer this invitation not just tonight, but beyond tonight. And I think Pastor Krieger would offer this as well. Make use of us. Let, let us be your confessor. Better, let us be your absolver. And, and I promise to you, and I think Pastor, I won't put him on this, I think he'll say this too. If you come to us for confession and forgiveness, absolution, we will not make it counseling. We will not try to fix you. We will not try to solve any problems. We will make it simply about confessing sins and hearing forgiveness so that you can go from our office, from this place, certain that you are loved and forgiven by your Savior. 
Because if confession is good for the soul, absolution is better for it. And you know and I know, God knows that we need it. Amen?